The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Big Six Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. Man, a masterpiece of a game, a wild game. It wasn't a masterpiece, but it was an incredible game that we saw on Monday night. The Seahawks beat the 49ers at the buzzer in overtime, 27 to 24 on a Jason Myers 42 yard field goal. I'm Will Brinson. I'm the host of this daily NFL podcast on CBS Sports. If you like it, if you love it, rate and review. Hook us up on iTunes or Apple Podcast, five stars, or you can write a, if you if you enjoy the podcast, go ahead and write a nice review. Say something funny, ask us a question. We will answer any and all questions, whether it's from uh you know the Super Friends, Jason Lockenfora, Brady Quinn, Pete Briscoe, RJ White, whatever you want, uh, Heath Cummings, Fantasy, you know, whatever you need. You want to ask Sean what he's what he's gonna ask Santa Claus? Get him for Christmas? We'll do it. We'll do New it. IPhone. New iPhone. And are you a poster? Oh, I've already got that. I know. Sean Wagner-McGough, Ryan Wilson, John Breach. What's going on, fellas? Ty Will. Hey hey, 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 hey. Is that what you said? Yeah. What's happening? You ever watch that? Oh, I thought that was like a fat Albert. Hey, hey, hey. No, that's slightly different. Oh. But, uh, yeah. You remember what's happening? Brinson's your problem. Maybe Breach saw what's happening with the rerun. Yeah. 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 That's what's happening. TV His friend was, Dwayne. TV, hey, was, hey, hey. TV was different back in the day. Yeah. Fred Stubbs was his name on the show in case you ever get to ask that at a trivia night. Thank God. Jake uh, and the fat man. So <laughs> what we make, uh, first of all, look, this is a wild ass game on Monday night between the Seahawks and the 49ers. Seahawks covered. They were plus six and a half. Obviously, they won by three. Um, the over hit, surprisingly, even though the score uh, at halftime was 10 to seven, San Francisco. And at various points throughout this game, guys, it really felt like one team was going to blow the other team out. Uh, it started with San Francisco being up. Um, 10 nothing in the, at the end of the first quarter. And Jimmy Garoppolo had led them on a seven play, 83 yard touchdown drive where he hit, uh, Kendrick Bourne for a 10 yard touchdown. Um, that, that was on the heels of a Chase McLaughlin 43 yard field goal. Uh, then in the second quarter, Jadavin Clowney, there was a sack. Jimmy Garoppolo fumbles. Jadavin Clowney takes it to the house. Uh, made it 10 seven going into halftime. And the Seahawks ripped off two touchdowns in, in this, in the third quarter to take a 21 to uh, 10 lead. It felt like the Seahawks were going to put them away at various points. Each team was, fa- each team was a, an underdog on the live line by double digits. So you could have had a 21 point window with which to hit the spread and it would have hit at the end of the day. So lesson there for live betters. Um, I don't know. I mean, Sean, what did, what, what did you, uh, actually, you know what? I'll ask you this. It's tough, yeah. It's tough to ask me what my takeaway is. No, 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 I know what the question I'm going to ask you directly is. I'm not going to give you a vague question. I'm going to ask you this. Would you like to apologize to me for telling you that Jimmy Garoppolo was sort of not that great? That's, and he was okay. overrated based on the Cardinals game. 
No, I don't want to apologize to you because I praised him for one good performance. But to to that point, the takeaway I was going to have, because I thought you were going to ask me something really vague um, that I wasn't going to be able to answer. So I said, okay, there's a lot in this game we're going to talk about, a lot of sloppy play that you started talking about. We didn't even talk about the Russell Wilson fumble that I was picked up. you about Jimmy Garoppolo. And the difference for me in this game is that is the quarterbacks. And that doesn't mean Russell Wilson played a flawless game. He fumbled once. That was turned into a 49ers touchdown, even if he's not going to be directly credited with the fumble that led to the touchdown. Um, and at the beginning of overtime, he does what we thought he would do, which is lead the Seahawks right down the field, and then he throws a god-awful interception. The difference is, though, both teams in overtime got multiple chances to touch the ball. And the 49ers' last possession in overtime, on third down, they let Garoppolo air it out. And his receiver had two steps on the trailing defender, and it was a great play by the defender to knock the ball away. But if that pass hits his receiver in in stride, the game's over. It's a 80-yard touchdown wherever they were on the field. And Russell Wilson comes back and gets the ball, and he does what he always does. It makes magic on a third-down scramble when the 49ers don't have anyone spying him, and the game ends on a field goal. So to me, that's the difference. You tweeted it out, Brinson. If you put Russell Wilson on the 49ers and you put Garoppolo on the Seahawks, I think the 49ers win this game by 30 points. Yeah, I agree. And, and that's why Russ is probably the MVP for everybody um, involved. Ryan, maybe you want to go to Lamar Jackson. That's fine. Whatever you want to do. Um, yeah, maybe I do. What did you think, Ryan, about Kyle Shanahan, perhaps foolishly, not playing for a tie in overtime? He, the Seahawks had used their timeout. He could have run the ball several times, punted, forced him into a bad spot where they would have had trouble scoring. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not asking a coach to be a coward 24 hours after I called Jason Garrett a coward multiple times. I'm not asking Kyle Shannon to be a coward, but a tie for the Niners, 8-0-1. First of all, put a cork in it, 72 Dolphins, like a half cork. Uh, second of all, if you have a tie, that's a huge advantage in the playoff race in terms of the seeding, not just against the Packers for that top seed. You're going to play the Packers, I believe, at some point in the near future, but also in the division race with the Seahawks. So I was surprised, Ryan, that he did not uh, be more conservative in that spot in overtime. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what Kyle's thinking. Uh, I was, I didn't have at the time. It didn't really occur to me. I was. Um, Sounds like you're a look, here. What's that? Sounds like you're like Kyle Shanahan. You weren't thinking like me and Sean. Yeah, you were next level thinking. You're playing four dimensional chess. We're all playing checker chess. We know. But I will say this, but look, Jimmy G is frustrating. Like Sean talked about some of the throws he missed, but Kendrick Bourne is much, much worse than anything Jimmy Garoppolo did. He dropped two passes. One resulted in interception. Another one should have resulted in interception. He has several other drops uh, come his way. Debo Samuel had a huge drop. Um, but Jimmy G was also inaccurate. He also, and I talked about this yesterday with the, the freaking fumbles that's going on. It seems like it's worse now than ever. Jimmy G got hit twice on a pass rush. It happens. He saw the pass rushers coming. I think Javion Clowney was the first one that picked it up. I, I'm not sure who hit him. But he saw the pass rush coming. He somehow still fumbled the ball. Just hold on to the freaking ball and go down. It's not that difficult. He is responsible for the seven points there. I don't remember what happened with the second fumble. I don't know if the Seahawks scored, but they still lost possession of the football. Those are the stupid things that will end up costing you games when they matter. I thought he played like a C, C-plus game, but he's not going to help this team when it when it matters in January. I, I feel like he's not there yet. Maybe he gets there, but I don't have any more confidence in him now than I did before. In fact, maybe a little less because what we've always said is like, look, this defense is out of this world, but if they're not on that night, is Jimmy G going to bail you out? 
and sort of hinting at what you guys just said about swapping quarterbacks, the answer appears to be no. Real quick, because uh, you're talking about Jimmy Garoppolo, yes, his receivers dropped multiple passes, and yes, his first inter- his interception should have been caught. That said, it was not a well-thrown football. It should not have been a leaping grab. On his game-tying drive at the end of regulation, Garoppolo should have been picked off twice. He threw it right at, I think, K.J. Wright dropped the first one. I can't remember Jeez, who dropped the stupid. second one. And if you the look at the linebacker, the, Bobby Wagner. And if you look at the first drive of the game, which resulted in a 49ers field goal, he actually did get picked off on a terrible late throw across the middle. Um, and it was negated by a questionable uh, defensive holding penalty that was not related to the player um, that Garoppolo was targeting. So um, I think it worked both ways. I think his receivers let him down, but the Seahawks dropped just as many passes that he threw to them. I, I will say, I, I would also, the refs, the refs were on San Francisco tonight. Like the refs had San Francisco minus six and a half. I mean, that's, it was criminal how bad some of those calls were. Brent, you hate refs. It's this, a is, known, this is Brent's thing. It's a known thing. You know, I will say though, it, nothing terrible. If you, if, if the 49ers had played for the tie there, that would have been the ultimate slap in the face to Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, Whatever you feel about him, there was one minute and 50 seconds left. The 49ers had a timeout. There's no way you run it up the gut three times, run out the clock, and go home with a tie. No coach in the NFL is going to burn a minute 50 with a timeout in a tie uh, game. First first of all, Bill O'Brien and Jason Garrett will both do that. Pete Carroll was doing it even though they needed a win. <laughs> Not a minute 50, maybe under a minute left. And, but Carole, the thing was, this is like Kyle, Super Bowl Kyle Shanahan coming up where you put him in a big spot and he has no idea what he's doing. He just loses his mind. Uh, and the Super Bowl is just, hey, let's run the ball. You get out of there with a the win. You're a Super Bowl champ. You beat the Patriots. But, no, they did whatever they did. And this game – it I hope was, you're not blaming Kyle Shanahan for that Super Bowl loss. I'm not blaming Kyle Shanahan for the loss. I'm just saying play calling could have been different. Are you in that Kyle Shanahan for tonight's loss? No, I'm saying that on this final drive, on this final drive, keep running your offense. There was no way. You didn't have to just let it, Jimmy Garoppolo, sling it three straight times, especially when we've been talking about how much he struggled, how unreliable he was, that they should have just run their normal offense. They were doing okay running the ball. You had a minute 50 left. One timeout. There was no reason to just go out there and let Jimmy throw three straight incompletions, punt back to Seattle. That doesn't do anything. I don't want to blame. I agree. Like, they could have ran the I'm ball not out. Blaming, wait, let me be yeah. clear. I'm not blaming Kyle Shanahan. I am only questioning this one final possession, his play calling on this final possession. That's it. That's that it. said, as I mentioned right away, is if Garoppolo hits that third down pass, they win the game on a walk-off 80-yard touchdown. And, no, we're not even having this conversation. Yeah, your quarterback yeah, had Sean, missing throws all night. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, He's not I mean, going to hit that throw because he him all night. It wasn't a terrible throw. It was slightly underthrown. It was a deep ball. It was a great play by Shaq Griffin. Hugo yeah. Samuel almost. If it's a well-thrown like, ball, he's not. He's not the defensive yeah, no back. Kidding. But I mean, it was so a, it's a bad throw. Pass down the sideline. I, I, I disagree. I thought that was a. I thought that was a fine pass. It was slightly underthrown. I, I, I completely disagree. I think if you go back look at the replay, I think you would agree that it's underthrown. It's not a terrible throw. It's under the in, under the circumstances. It's fine. Sean anyway, took the handoff and he messed it up. Brent's, it's funny. We didn't even talk. We're, we should probably talk about Pete Carroll because. The Seahawks won this game, and Pete Carroll did not coach it like they deserved to win the game. Uh, like we're spending all this time talking about how the how the 49ers handled their last possession before the Seahawks got the ball back. They ran the ball. What was it on a third and two? Um, and then 
they could have gone for the fourth down with roughly two minutes left in the game, and they should have gone for the fourth down, because in that situation, it's the complete opposite. A tie there does not help the Seahawks. You're still going to be a game and a half behind the 49ers. Uh, you should be risking the loss and going for the win. Instead, they punted. They ended up getting lucky to obviously getting the ball back and winning, but I don't think Pete Carroll handled this game any better. You're acting surprised. I mean, Brian Schottenheimer called 400 running plays in this game. They're never going to go for it on fourth and two, no matter where they are. I mean, that's how they play, and that's Pete Carroll's just going to be happy about it, wearing his loafer or his white shoes and his, his khakis, and that's how they're going to do it. And they're going to make win or lose to Russell Wilson is basically their offensive game plan. Chris Carson fumbles more than anyone on planet Earth. They still put him out there. I, I mean, it's sort of nuts that they're as good as they are. I mean, you talk about how bad this team would be if they had Jimmy G. Jimmy G, Brian Schottenheimer, and Pete Carroll. Jimmy G would be dead already. I mean, it, it's it, it's amazing. You know, they're not wasting Russell because Russell's clearly really, really good and he, he, he just, prospers. Just for what? the record, Sean, Sean's correct. This ball is I. Thank locked, you. Locked, no, no, you're it right. Was, no, 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 no. It was it was badly underthrown. It was a, it was a bad throw. If he puts it up, no, look, yeah, I'm watching it right now. If he puts I it, I know. Up, I understand exactly the play you're talking about because I I made a note. It wasn't a great throw, but it, all the bad throws Jimmy G made on it wasn't Monday his night. first throw either, but it wasn't a good yeah. throw. Fair enough. It's fine. But, I mean, how many quarterbacks are putting that on the money down the sideline with 40 seconds? How much time is left? I mean, One on the other side. Andy start, Dalton. Start at $27.5 million and work your way up, and I bet you'll hit a pretty good list of them. Andy Dalton. Jared Goff. He's, he, he's up above $27 million. Did Jared he make that, Goff, throw? make that throw? He had a really clean pocket. The throw was down to the 45-yard line, and the ball was on. Uh, what were they on? Let's see. They Somewhere were on. Right, you don't have to waste time on this, doing the math, but it could have been a better throw. It's a deep, it's a, it's a deep throw. It's a 50 yard, it's a 50 yard air pass. Debo Samuel made a great move. Shaq Griffin made a nice play, but he underthrew it. Wasn't perfect. I agree. No. Okay. Boomer. But this is how, my point is this is how the Seahawks, the Seahawks aren't changing offensively. This is how they're going to play. Their defense played really well. And that was a huge, huge part of it, obviously. Well, I, I, you know, I did think that one of the things that really came into play in this game, uh, for the Seahawks was Justin Britt's absence at center. Oh, Lord. Um, yeah. What that first play of the game? <laughs> well, there were two sacks on third down, third and short. One where um, whoever, whoever replaced Britt just got bored. I don't want to even name check this guy, but his name is Joey Hunt. Yeah, Joey Hunt. Yeah, Joey Hunt got absolutely annihilated, um, and Ross got sacked. And then another one where they missed uh, protection completely that he didn't call out. Uh, they ended up not blocking. I think it was DeForest Buckner. He just strolled him. Maybe he's a linebacker. Strolled him for a sack on Russ. And so, like, the Seahawks were a little sloppy in that regard, and that that should be a concern. I mean, like, you lose a center and you can sort of struggle. I mean, I think it's a, a testament to how well Russ played. And, look, give give Brian Schottenheimer and Pete Carroll credit. It, uh, like, I don't think they're going to, you know, magically change the way they operate on offense. But they lost Tyler Lockett, too. You know what I mean? Like, we talk about Emmanuel Sanders and George Kittle being just gone. for the overtime. Look, all I'm saying is that they adjusted. They adjusted what they were doing, and they moved. They moved Russell out a lot more. They got Russell on the move to keep him away from that 49ers pass rush, and it neutralized him yeah. a little. They were flooding. And they involved some guy named Malik Turner. He had a big overtime, so fair enough. Yeah, um, Josh Gordon, I thought actually played pretty well on the snaps that he was out on the field. Had two big, two huge for Seattle. Um, Do you know the Jacob Hollister backstory? Is that the is that the weird is that Ryan's uh, equipment? That was a that was a really loud one though. <laughs> loud, squishy. Um, the, uh, well, Jacob, Jacob I didn't Hollister. even hear it. I know you didn't. Um, the Patriots tight we end. Did, we did Francesca. Uh, yeah. Okay, boom. 
<laughs> By the way, uh, you know what I should have gotten from, uh, so I did Jim Rome, uh, uh, I did Rome's radio show on Monday. And, um, he, he proceeded to read the tweets about, okay, boomer. And I was like, yeah, I was like, and I got done with it. He goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever you say. Okay, boomer. See you, Prince. And it's like, basically, basically I, hopefully we have the video clip or we can find audio of it. It was pretty entertaining. Um, you guys would have liked it. I got okay, boomer. You had to be there. Anyway, Jacob Hollister, <laughs> as Sean points out, former Patriots tight end was on the practice squad in Seattle, uh, before the, at the beginning of this season. Game winning touchdown last week, huge game this week. I mean, look, he's not Rob Gronkowski, but seeing that the Patriots don't have any tight ends, I would imagine they would find a way to use him if they had him now. But um, nice get. He's been a, like a big part of their offense because they don't have any tight ends right now. And, Sean, this is not the guy who owns Hollister Clothing. That's someone else. <laughs> Just thought you should know that. You know what's funny? is like how do the Seahawks – is there any game where they do not dig themselves in a giant hole to start things off? It seems like if you t- come into a Seahawks game, you miss the first quarter, you turn it on, 100% chance they're down at least 10 nothing. Uh, I think this is the third game this season that they've come back and won after being down by 10 points or more. I mean – that's ridiculous. What other team in the NFL consistently just totally falls flat on their face in the first or second quarter, and then their quarterback comes out and magically saves them in the second half? I mean, that's literally their recipe for winning every single game. Um, and I thought one thing that was really impressive was the Seahawks' defense. We talked about Garoppolo's fumbles, but they were putting they, – they weren't great. The first few weeks of the season, they haven't been great all season. They looked like a completely different unit tonight. It wasn't just the fumbles. They sacked Garoppolo five times. They came up with uh, a few huge turnovers. Obviously, the Je- Devian Clowney fumble return touchdown. But I thought the Seahawks defense was kind of the unsung hero here. Yeah, they, the 49ers averaged 3.9 yards per play. Um, and obviously one of their touchdowns was a defensive touchdown. So that was to me actually the most surprising part of the game to breach because I think we expected, okay, the 49ers will, you know, hold Russell Wilson decently in check. Uh, they won't completely stop him. Um, and I think we thought, okay, the 49ers though might be able to put up points. Like we were singing Jimmy Garoppolo's praises a week ago, Ryan and I were, Brinson was not. Um, and I thought he was going to be able to have success against the Seahawks defense because they have been really bad, um, for all of this season. And that's, I think that's why it's such, it's a little bit of a disappointing game for the 49ers, even though they very well should have won this game, um, in overtime. It's that their offense, which is the part of their team that we've been questioning this entire entire run, was not able to do what they should have done against a really bad defense that every other quarterback has been able to tear up. Oh, yeah. gosh. Yes, right. Uh, Pete Carroll, according to Bob Condotta of Seattle Times, I think. Yeah. I saw Joe Fan of, uh, tweet this out, too. Is this about Lockett? Tyler Lockett suffered a lower leg contusion that is already being examined off-site. Cause a lot of swelling and has a compartment element to it that is being looked at immediately. Stay in San Francisco or Santa Clara for the evening. That is a big concern. Tyler Lock has had a lot of leg injuries before too. So, um, man, he's been having an awesome year. So hopefully that's not the case. That would put a serious damper on the Seahawks hopes too, I think. I mean, like adding Josh Gordon. Well, look, he is absolutely awesome, but if they can win with, uh, that guy playing center tonight, they can probably do okay without Tyler Lockett for a few weeks or however long. Hopefully it's not long. But, yeah, they find a way. As long as Russ is there. Although, Geno Smith isn't a bad plan B. Um, it would it would be remiss if we didn't mention that. Oh, you know, please don't. I was going to let it slide. I mean, you are the draft guy. But. No, come on. Um, um, Sean was blasting the Seahawks defense, but I don't know if they deserve blasting tonight. They played. They got after Jimmy Garoppolo this game. 
Where have you been the last five minutes? Good point. I was worried someone was going to call, call me out for echoing this point. You're the, you're the fourth person now that has said the Seahawks defense has played well. Go ahead. I, th- I think Clowney had a nice night. <laughs> like, I think that guy's going to be good. We should circle back to Clowney. Keep talking to what else you got? I was going to ask Sean if he would extend Jadavion Clowney. Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, I think this team is the part of the defense that is really bad for most of this year has been the edge rush, and Clowney hasn't really gotten the sacks and the numbers. Um, and I know a lot of people who watch every Seahawks games, um, they do talk about that Clowney's been really close this year and just hasn't gotten the numbers. I would extend him. I mean, I thought the Texans should have extended him, and I was surprised when they decided to trade him away for a third-round pick and a couple backup linebackers. That did never seem smart. Uh, so, yeah, I would Those I backup would linebackers, Sean, have had three tackles this year, so suck on that. <laughs> Almost as many touchdowns as Clowney has this year. Or, sorry, one more tackle. But I thought the Seahawks defense played really well. I mean, I think that <laughs> – um, it is worth pointing out, by the way, and Sean talked about the fourth and two that Pete Carroll turtled. Well, he didn't turtle up on. He did what Pete Carroll did. That was so egregious in Sean's mind. Fair enough. Pete Prisco tweeted out, <laughs> I would have gone for it there. That is the first time in Twitter history that Pete Prisco has said, I would have gone for anything related to kicking a football uh, I, as opposed to kicking a football and actually going yeah, for it. Did Prisco hire his own analytics guy? Is that what happened? No, the hilarious thing about that one to me was like everybody on Twitter was like, "Yeah, Pete Carroll, you're finally going for it." And then like they let, then they like waited and like called time out, and then they didn't go. to I was like, "No, like what? Why everybody fell for that? How did you fall for that?" Of course, Pete Carroll wasn't going to go. He doesn't go on fourth down. And you know what? You know what's actually interesting? I noticed this um, a couple of days ago. I think it was maybe uh, Wednesday. Uh, ESPNU was re-airing. The Rose Bowl game between uh, USC and Texas, right? You know the one with Vince Young. Two thousand six, Vince Young, Matt one Leiner. Of all, one of the all-time great football games. Um, and uh, there, Pete Carroll had a fourth down late in that game, and he went for it to try and seal the game, and got stuffed. It was short, and all I could think was like, I wonder if he's like stopped going for fourth downs since he it, like it basically cost him a national title. Because Vince Young marches down the field and scores again, and then the game's over. So I, I almost wonder, like, like has he has he ever gone for it with the Seahawks? I feel like he hasn't, right? I don't know. It wouldn't surprise me, but I don't know. I mean, what if he just stopped going for it on fourth downs after it cost him a national title because it haunts him? You're saying, like, almost 15 years later, he's still haunted by that one. He's like, no, I'm not going. He's like, he just, he's like I'm done. I'm punting. I'm punting. I'll trust my defense. Um. It's believable. He was asking about it in a press conference a few weeks ago. He kicked the field like fourth and one. It was like a 50-something yard field goal. And he's like, we're a field goal team. We're always going to kick the field goal in that situation. And it was just like, Pete, what? So that's <laughs> I, that's not a crazy theory. Thank you, Breach. I'm not, thank you for not being as dismissive and rude as the two bald guys. Oh, snap, oh. Sean. That hey, is by Brinson the way, sending you Rogaine for Christmas. Sean, well, I gotta... s- send me you know what, Brinson, send me to your hair guy um, wherever you fly to um, three <laughs> times a summer, and I can get implants like you. I just <laughs> I just assume Sean was bald and like. So that's a, that's a tweet I can't wait to see when they catch Brinson coming into the <laughs> hair shop. So he's spotlight, bald. baby. Spotlight. I got uh, a uh, fun fact. It's going to be a ten out of ten. So uh, raise yourself. Word for you. Word who's for Ryan, you. Who's Ryan? Who's Fun fact was the Ryan Finley thing. Was that it had to be breach, right? Yeah. yeah. Didn't you steal I, it and tweet? You stole it and tweeted it, Brent. I noticed it was tweeted with no credit. I didn't say anything. 
I attempted, I couldn't remember who did it on the podcast. I was attempting to drive subscriptions to the podcast because you Wait, saw the uh, follow up tweet. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm okay the with The follow up tweet. That's such a, uh, what's that guy's name that works for, that ran the terrible 40 time? His follow up tweet thing. That's his go to move. The uh, ESPN oh. business reporter who now. Uh, Darren Ravel. Yeah, that's his. We should have, we should have Breach say his last name though. Like Ravelio. Uh, anyway, fun fact, courtesy of Robert Klimko, our friend at SI.com, now going to the Washington Post. That was Nick Bosa's 12th loss in football in a football game since the ninth grade. In that span, anyone want to guess how many games the Browns have lost? <laughs> oh. <laughs> the what what year was he in ninth grade? Five, six years ago. 68. 67. Go ahead and say it, Sean. Uh, well, it seemed too obvious. Yeah, Brenton, obviously. What do you think it is, Sean? He said 67. 69. 90 football games. Oh, my God. God. Now, that's a fun fact. Thank you, Robert. (laughs) Good job, Ryan. Fun fact. Every single one of Ryan's fun facts are preceded with, I got this from somebody else. (laughs) Unlike you who who doesn't say it. Yeah. (laughs) I'm with Ryan. At least he says it. He's yelling at me about being honest. You literally, Brenton, five seconds ago, admitted to stealing Breach's fun fact and tweeting it without crediting you him. fool. I followed up and said it was on the Pixies podcast. I was trying to get some, oh, get some trash. All right, what else? Um, Here's a question for you guys real quick because we talked about the Seahawks defense. What do you think the Seahawks' longest offensive drive of the night was without looking? Longest offensive minutes. touchdown drive. Touchdown drive. Plays or yards? Yards. yards. Longest touchdown drive. Had to be. 40. 58. I'm going to say 37. 24. Wow. Yeah, that's that good. is that's how the, fact. the defense set up both touchdowns, and the Seahawks did not have a longer touchdown drive than 24 yards. I, that's why I think, I mean, Sean sort of talked about it's hard to stop Russell Wilson. I think the 49ers defense actually played really well. They were yeah. just pinned, pinned back because of uh, Jimmy G and the crew. I don't I don't disagree with that. Uh, they were. They also saved the game in overtime once and with that interception. Um, okay, we cannot have a podcast without discussing our good friend. Well, actually, we, we have to wait for a second for because I have to plug my thing in. But um, we, uh, what did you think about the uh, multiple? Like, do you th- do you think the officiating was properly done or poorly done in this game, uh, Ryan? What kind of question is that? It's like when your wife says, "Do I look fat in these pants?" <laughs> no, it was terrible. I mean, under no circumstances are you going to say. Yeah, they did a great job, and unless you're a former official who works in, in, in television, and for some reason you've been kidnapped and brainwashed, and now have to say that the official officials did a great job. No, it was terrible. It, it was terrible. It, it felt like. Did you see the video of uh of Al Riveron? Like, yeah, on, he looked right. They put on Twitter. He's like, he's like. We have reviewed a play. <laughs> He's like, his eyes are all. In his defense, they pulled him out from under the cabana. He is, he looked very tan. He's he probably really took the drink out of his hand. Huge Saturday. Even bigger Sunday fun day. Um, here is actually, uh, for your enjoyment, Al Riveron's description of the We're game. in San Francisco. We're near the end of the first half. There's a change of possession. A Seattle runner is going down the sidelines, at which point the ball is taken away from him by a San Francisco defender. The defender does touch the football while he's out of bounds. However, the ball is in player possession, therefore not deemed to be dead. The defender gains control of the football at the two-yard line, 
where his momentum carries him into the end zone. After review, the ball is awarded to San Francisco, first and 10 at the two-yard line. So, like, if you if you find – if you go to at NFL officiating on, uh, on Twitter and you find this video – this Al Riveron basically looks like me recording the podcast at 2 a.m. on Sunday night. Like he's like but that, that explanation is fine. I know you're tweeting nonsense about you didn't like the, the call, but it, I, did, it's, I, didn't, I didn't say I didn't like the call. I said so on the play in question, DK Metcalf at the end of the first half catches a ball from Russell Wilson, runs down the sideline, is like grabbed by Jaquiski Tart, who's like, like pulled out of bounds. DK Metcalf's so strong, he pulls him back in bounds, and then they're ro- like rolling towards the end zone, and Jaquiski Hart pulls the ball away from DK Metcalf and basically robs the Seahawks of, of what probably would have ended up being a touchdown or at least three straight runs up the middle with Chris Carson. Um, well, it's funny you say that because you tweeted, WTF, WTF is the point of all the muscles if you're going to get your lunch money stolen in front of the whole cafeteria. That's why, and that's why Brenton doesn't work out. That's I'm talking about. Jaquiski Tart taking the ball from him. Yeah, but you didn't. You made it sound like DK Metcalf was strong and did the right thing in, uh, in, in your explanation ten seconds ago. And I bring that up because you got dragged in the comments, which I thoroughly enjoyed. I don't read the comments. What are you talking about? You I read the comments. Get out of here. I read the comments. <laughs> One comment coming from a dude with no muscles and the athleticism of a fifteen-year-old pug. This is a 15 year old bug. Another comment. Same reason for the hairpiece in your forehead. <laughs> My God. Sean is cry- Look at Sean. Sean's crying. So the, the anyway, bug thing is good. <laughs> so I read that. I read your tweet. And I was like, that's that's Brinson being Brinson. But can you imagine if DK Metcalf confronted you about this? What would you do? I mean, it's just a joke. You got together ball jack on It's not. That's what you would say to DK Metcalf when he took his shirt off and started flexing on you? Oh, I'd like throw my phone in his face and run away. <laughs> I'd be doing, you know what I'd do if DK Metcalf came after me? I'd treat him like a crocodile and I'd run in zigzags so he couldn't catch me. <laughs> no, you're laughing now. You run in a straight line, he's got you. You go zigzags, that dude is not catching you. Do you see him like he catches a ball on like a, yeah, a cumber? He's doubling down now. No, he starts, he like turns around. It's like, it's like he's stuck in quicksand. He's like, spinning around. Um, anyway, on the play in question, Metcalf is strong enough to yank Tart down like five yards on the field, but then Tart rips the ball away from him, which is crazy. And I, 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 I just, it was, had you, have you ever seen something like that where, it, no, it looked weird. It looked like if you are out of bounds, you can't, if the ball had been fumbled while he was out of bounds, it would have been, Seahawks ball, but you can touch the player while you're out of bounds. Yeah, I think he reestablished himself and all that other stuff. I understand what you're saying, but you can't say just because you, ha- you have your hands on the ball out of bounds, the play's yeah, dead. Or keep the ball. Legal. Yeah. Um. Debo, that you- was that was the best of the officiating calls on the night. All the other calls were. Dog doo-doo. Well, the 49ers had to settle for that field goal they missed in overtime um, because they got jawed to the first down, but it looked really obvious. Oh, my gosh. That on third that, and short that they got a first down. They would have been able to run two more plays, you assume, get a few more yards, run more time off the clock, and then try a field goal. And Russell officials- Wilson in the grass when he wasn't in the grass. The Jefferson hit on Jimmy G. Brinson tweeted that out. How are you supposed to hit someone who's diving at your knees? Are you supposed to kick him? Like, how do you tackle that guy? He and rotated it. Like, the guy was going for Jimmy G's sternum. Like, he wasn't – I understand the lowering the head thing, but come on, man. It's ridiculous. The punt the punt return where the, the Seahawks player hit him in the shoulder 
Here's the thing. So I understand the head and neck area safety, all that nonsense, and, and John Perry said it was the right call. If you go low and break both that those guys, both legs of that guy, you are immediately labeled a dirty player, a pariah, death threats. But that's perfectly legal within the rules of the game. Meanwhile, you're picking this guy up off the field in a wheelbarrow because he has his body parts strewn all over the field. You should be able to hit him on the shoulder pad. I don't think that's outrageous. Breach. There was one other officiating mistake, and maybe I was crazy because it didn't go as crazy as I thought it would on Twitter. So, and I got zero sleep last night, so I thought maybe I misheard. But did they blow it on the overtime coin toss? Did, was it? Did the Seahawks call tails, and then the ref said it was heads? So the Seahawks won the coin toss, even though they should have. It was the Jerome Bettis Thanksgiving moment. I'm not even kidding. Uh, it was Geno Smith who called it. Yeah. So. Uh, oh, I'm looking well, here. Well, hold on, Breach. You want to, you want to see if we can hear it and see if yes. Let's see if we can get the moment right. Um, we need to get this on the podcast so that I know I am not crazy because I was like, how is this not a bigger deal? They need to stop. They need to review the coin toss. Maybe Al Riveron, I'm sure. Why to San Francisco? This is. The, I'm sure with all the coin toss. Hold on, listen. Call. Your call is heads. Smith makes the call. <laughs> it is a head. You want the toss? You want the ball? Call. <laughs> Your call is heads. Geno Smith makes the call. It is a call. Your call is heads. He said tails. I mean, he like, absolutely said. I'm t- sure he just misspoke though, because all the players were there. Like someone on the Niners would have said something. But, but it wouldn't matter if they said something. Like what would they have said? It, it's a done deal. What the ref says he goes. He said tails, and then the ref flicks up the air and goes, "He called heads. It's heads. You're a ball." And he's like, "Cool, man." Yeah. That's I, I don't know how you botch that. It's literally. The easiest thing in the world. You hear someone say heads Apparently or tails. Apparently it's not, John. <laughs> maybe, maybe, hey, Breach, maybe the moment was too big for the ref. Like the moment was too big for your boy, Chase. You know what Chase's nickname would be if he was on ESPN's primetime? It would be Chase Sarah McLaughlin. Oh, they're going to call him Choke McLaughlin. No, no, that's mean. Breach, what did you think about Chase McLaughlin? That's mean, but dragging DK Metcalf for having too many muscles and not being able to run in a zigzag pattern is not mean. Okay. Well, that's funny. Breach, what did you think about your boy, the kicker, shanking the 43-yard kick in overtime? I, well, one, the 49ers whole kicking situation. The whole kicking situation has been a disaster. Snap, hold. Robbie Gold's been struggling before he was injured. Chase McLaughlin, who wasn't great with the Chargers, uh, comes in. He was three for three. And when he hit that field goal at the end of the game, I thought for sure this guy, he can hit anything. He will hit a field goal in overtime because the field at the end of the game, it was 24 to 21. And that is as high pressure as a kick as you can get. If you are trailing at the end, knowing that if you miss, you just cost your team a loss, uh, that high pressure in overtime, it was a tie. So there's less pressure. If you miss, yeah, it sucks, but the game's not over. And he shanked it as bad as any kicker has ever. It was like, if you sent Brinson out there, that's the kind of kick I would expect. And my favorite thing is that there was a 49ers reporter. I don't remember who it was. With NBC, I think. She was sitting in the tunnel, which is literally like 25 yards left of the upright. She's in the tunnel, and the ball bounced like three feet away from her. So this kick didn't just miss by like five or ten yards. It missed by like 20 yards. He, You almost missed a 45-yard field goal by 45 yards. I didn't know that was possible, like physically speaking, uh, and he did it. So that is something that... If the 49ers, if Gold can't play next week, that's kind of a, where you go find a new kicker because you're not letting McLaughlin stick around if you're missing field goals like that. So rough, rough night for him. Oh, I call man. that a uh, 
That's old, a, a throw in. Uh, Jennifer Lee Chan. Yeah, she's a, she she works for uh, NBC Bay Area, I think. I just said NBC. Yeah, yeah, but that's her name, Brent. You got it. You didn't provide a name or I li- you're literally looking at a tweet I just sent you on Slack. So I did. <laughs> you're awful salty tonight. Did uh did the- I'm salty. Ryan's the salty one and I was gonna call him out on it and then he read the tweet about the fifteen year old pug and now I'm on his side. Is this is this is this because you have to do this podcast instead of downloading the new Disney Plus app? No, it doesn't actually come out till six AM Eastern. Can you believe it? So are you staying up till three AM Pacific? I, I am not. Is that I'm a surprised. That's a lie. It's not a lie. I'm going to watch Watchmen, and I'm going to go to bed. Is I'm going to text you after my picks. Sorry, is the Vince. first thing you do in the morning, download that Disney Plus app? No, I got I got to work tomorrow. I'm not going to watch it before work. Come on. I put work first. <laughs> download it tomorrow. Yeah, I'll watch it. I'll watch the episode tomorrow night. You know what the, the actual answer should have been, Sean? No, I'm not downloading it. I use CBS All Access. Which is uh, very cheap. I'm on a monthly cost. I'm not a Disney Plus guy. Do, do they I? do they have a brand new Star Wars series? Exactly. Hey, Sean, how many times are you going to watch The Little Mermaid? Zero. Yeah. But the man ran out now. Is it out now? Can you watch it? No, it's not out till six a.m. Tuesday morning. No, 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 but I'm saying like it's out. It's like out. Like as soon as you as soon as the app is live, you can. Yeah, look. yeah. They they're that was the, like their prestige show that they're launching with the app. Hmm. Interesting. Um, again, you should have said CBS All Access, but you're not a team player. That's fine. Oh, you know what? One more thing I just wanted to point out from the, from the 49ers, uh, game. No, I think this is what Warren's mentioning. So the Seahawks are on a bye now. The 49ers are eight and one. Seahawks are eight and two. The 49ers next four to five, the 49ers schedule is not easy. They have the Cardinals who they should beat, but they'll be on a short week. They're banged up. Don't have a ton of people and the Cardinals played them tough. It is at home. Then they have the Packers at home the week after that. So the, the Cardinals game is the definition of a look-ahead spot. Um, then they're at the Ravens, at the Saints, Falcons, Rams at home, and at the Seahawks. Like, I could see four more losses in there pretty wow. easily, right? No? Well, I mean, they were 8-0 eight and, eight and until an hour ago. <laughs> I mean, those are tough games, but... They're not going to lose all Buccaneers, four. I mean, yes, Eagles, they, 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 they they haven't played anybody in the early part of the season. Now they're going to play. Where's the Ravens game? The Ravens, where's the Ravens game? Is in Baltimore. I would be interested to see how that defense handles Lamar Jackson because that could be that could be fun. That could be fun. Um, the Seahawks after the bye have at Eagles, Vikings at home, at Rams, at Panthers, Cardinals at home, 49ers at home. That's hard too. It's hard too. A little better. Not as so who do we think wins the division? Exactly. 49ers. I just think Russell's a one-man show. And if Tyler Lockett's out, use Henry at Brinson. Even if Justin Brick comes back to center, that's a lot to ask for every single week. And I'm guessing the defense isn't going to play this well every week. I think if the Seahawks are still within a game, I think they win the division because I would take them to beat the 49ers at home. But I kind of agree with Ryan because I think the Seahawks are more likely to slip up because they're going to have one of these games where Russ just isn't going to be able to rescue them. But if they're within a game going to Week 17, I'll take the Seahawks in a heartbeat. The next three games the Seahawks player in primetime, Russell Wilson dominates in primetime. And that's great for his MVP like candidacy because great. that does affect it. Ooh, very good point. Yeah, you play well in those. You if they go three and zero their next three games in primetime, he's probably locking it up. But then it would be four and zero in primetime because they won tonight too. 
Well, actually. Yes, this has been their only game in primetime so far this year, John. Well, I'm saying it'd be four straight, not just three straight. I'm just, I'm tacking it on. You know who else is one and in primetime? Duck Hodges. Oh, my God. All right, let's take a break. <laughs> let's time to move on. Let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk about the latest news and notes and uh, hit some of the most exciting players in football. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. All right. Big, exciting news for Ryan Wilson's favorite draft prospect, Dwayne Haskins, named the starter for the rest of the season by the Redskins. Was this the right move, Ryan? Yeah. You want to see what you have. They don't have no one around them other than scary Terry McLaurin. But um, what's the point in rolling with Case Keenum or Colt McCoy? I mean, also, we know that Bill Callahan's going to run the ball 40 times a game, so maybe that's his version of easing Dwayne Haskins into it. But they got to figure some things out this offseason, starting with the general manager, Bruce Allen. I suspect he won't go anywhere, but then you have to trade Trent Williams and get something for him since you sat on him for a year for no reason. Then you have to draft a left tackle. They're going to have a top-five pick, it looks like, so you can take someone there. And then you have to spend the rest of the offseason trying to figure out all the other pieces you don't have. So it's going to be tough sledding for Dwayne Haskins. It's sort of a crappy landing spot for him, but, you know, it is what it is. So, yes, he should play. No, I don't expect him to have much success. Shout-out to Sean. I just noticed in your feed that um, you retweeted the coming from a dude, no muscles and the athleticism of a 15-year-old pug. That tweet needs to be seen by as many you people as possible. You retweeted that? Of course. Come on. That's a great own. It's good, but inside the confines of the Super Friends podcast, you don't have to put Brinson on I mean, on it's, on, it's on the internet. Like, what do you what do you want? It's on the internet. But that's the magic of Brinson tweeting. He has 119,000 tweets. You're not going to see them all. It <laughs> uh, <laughs> got destroyed by this guy. <laughs> Uh, the, the remaining schedule for the Redskins, Jets, Lions, Panthers, Packers, Eagles, Giants, Cowboys. A lot of home games. That's not really that tough of a – that's not bad. I think you I think you started. I think it's smart. Um, whatever. Ryan Fatcher Ryan, – Ryan Fatcher. Ryan Fatcher. <laughs> that's rude. <laughs> I know he had a lot of birthday cake in the offseason, but come on. We really, he was fat for a while there. He blamed uh, it on birthday cake. Ryan you, Fitzpatrick. sir, no DK Metcalf. 
Ryan Fitzpatrick will remain the Dolphins starter for the foreseeable future. The right move, Sean? No. Because... Because he's going to win games? Hey, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because he's going to... They shouldn't be trying... They've already won too many games, so I guess in a way it's kind of pointless, but... I would also – I don't even think they need to evaluate Josh Rosen necessarily because I don't think Josh Rosen is going to be their – he's going to be their guy, and he's also impossible to evaluate on that bad of a roster. But when it – the best-case scenario will be Josh Rosen plays pretty well, and then you can flip him for a pick in the offseason. I don't know what the plan is with Josh Rosen. This is year two, so he has two more years left on his rookie deal. I don't know what you do. I know what the plan is for Ryan Fitzpatrick. He wins you five games, ruins your whole tanking season, and uh, you get no one in the draft, and then you suck next year, and then Brian Flores loses his job. Yeah, I'll That's say what him. I said yesterday. They have the fourth pick now, the 22nd, and the 26th pick. That's not how you rebuild with a bunch of late first-round picks. It's so almost identical, right, to what the Raiders yeah, had. It's almost identical to what the Raiders had, isn't it? Yeah, but yeah, non- everyone has guy. Mike Mayock. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> the Raiders got Cleveland Farrell, who can't rush the passer at number four. Hey, he had a they great got, game against against old Phil. They got Jonathan Abram, who got hurt in the first game of the season. He's he could be very good, but he's just a safety. He's not necessarily a game changer. They got Jonathan Jacobs, who is good. Josh Jacobs, but you're the Josh. I'm sorry, JJ. Can't expect he doesn't watch much college football. You know. Um. Well, I don't. It's a little early to write off Cleveland Farrell. <laughs> I'm just saying he hasn't done anything. I mean, Nick Bosa's has done a lot. My point. They're pick two picks apart. Josh Allen's done a lot. They could have drafted Nick Bosa, though. They could have drafted Josh Allen. That's fair. Okay. That's all I'm saying. Cliff Farrell's fine, but he's not. he hasn't done anything. He might turn into be a, a monster. Jacoby Brissett, Colts are optimistic that he'll be back for Week 11. They probably need him because I don't think Brian Hoyer's very good, Breach. Yeah, I do not think Brian Hoyer is very good. If you throw three interceptions against the Dolphins, you, that automatically puts you in the not very good department. Uh, Brian Hoyer already was pretty much living there and camping out in that department. Now he's just officially the mayor of not very goodville. Uh, but with even with hey, Brissett, what? Who, who's more, uh, in that category? Who's the vice mayor? Is it don't, Hoyer don't or Vinatieri? Oh, the vice mayor? Oh, it can be Vinatieri. I don't know. Vinatieri's a future Hall of Famer, so he's got, like, his own wing of amazingness. But is he where... the bigger liability? He is the bigger liability this season for the Colts, I feel like. Oh, well, yeah. Brian Hoyer's a backup. You don't want your backup in there. Ideally, you want your starter in there. But Vinatieri, I don't even want to get started on that because I talked about it last night. I do think it's time for them to move on. And what if he costs them another game? you got to move. But with Brissett, I mean, he's their better chance to win, obviously. But you look at what... I just think this loss to the Dolphins pretty much killed their season. You know, they're, they're what, five five and four now. Uh, you play Jacksonville and Houston. you got to win both of those, and I don't think that they will. I think they might lose both of them, to be honest, even with Jacoby in there, because the whole thing is they don't have T.Y. Hilton. No matter who the quarterback is, they don't have anyone to throw to. I don't think Hilton's going to be back this week. He probably won't play against the Texans because that's a Thursday game. Uh, and if Paris Campbell's not there, there's just no receivers. And so if you're a defense, you're just going to say, hey, we're going to stop the run. They don't have anyone to throw to. When Hoyer tried to throw to no one, he threw three interceptions. I don't think Kobe Brissett is going to do much better. It might be a little bit better, uh, but I think the Colts are in trouble. I agree. Okay. Matthew Stafford. <laughs> what, 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 what do you want me to do? What do you mean? Not, you did good. Go on. Go on. Just like analysis about the Colts being screwed without their starting quarterback. No, let's let's move on. Matthew Stafford, what about him? 
He's hurt. Matt said no updates on him. Again, it's really day by day, week by week right now as far as he's concerned. You need practice all last week, so we'll move ahead with kind of a similar plan as we go forward this week. Um, Ryan, would you start Matthew Stafford? No, they're done. They're 11th in the playoff race. They're in last place in the division. They're behind the mighty Bears who finally won a game on the arm of Mitch Trubisky. What's the point? Uh, it's going to be the second second losing season in a row for Matt Patricia, who I was on his back. <laughs> you know who he replaced? <laughs> yeah, who did the yeah, guy before him do pretty well? Yeah. yeah, I heard he did. I was on his bandwagon for three weeks. I'm off. Um, it's not entirely his fault. Whatever. They don't worry about Matthew Stafford. Just get him healthy. <laughs> really on and off some bandwagons this season. What else? And he uh, likes to take all the credit for the ones that are doing well. What Bron- other bandwagons did I jump Bron- off? Jumped off and, and tried to act like like you're like. Yeah, I jumped off. Brinson's the idiot over here. I was never on. Right. Okay, was it I'll like was Blacko. it like two days ago that he was trying to say that the 49ers he thinks will make the playoffs? Because <laughs> he was I on the bandwagon. Did. I just <laughs> said I win the division. I've been on the bandwagon 49ers for a long time. Look, the guys, way, they so, might make the playoffs. Oh, remember? No, remember he was like 49ers are stomp people, and then then he tried to steal the Seahawks are going to win outright from me. Which, by the way, I called a few weeks ago in this podcast. I picked the 49ers to win this game. Yeah, I'm sure you did. But the 49ers. Yeah. <laughs> he was taking got the you there. <laughs> I guess I got done. All right, what else? Okay, I'm on a bunch of bandwagons. Big deal. I'm off the map, Patricia bandwagon. Everyone else is off it, too. Big deal. Um, I, I'm a little worried about Matthew Stafford. This back thing in two He's years. He's taken a lot of hits since, since 2008. That's a concern. And it sucks because, you know, he had been playing lights out, so. And like Matt Patricia, could he not have given, I know coaches give vague answers and he's from the Belichick school of tell the media nothing, but like he's saying Stafford's, he's day to day, he's week to week. Like those are two different things. If you have a day to day injury, you might have like a sprained pinky. If you're week to week, like maybe you just had a tooth knocked out of your mouth and half your gums got ripped out and you have to have them stitched up and you can't practice for like, I'm just saying it's way different to be day-to-day versus week-to-week, and uh, Ryan's boy, Matt Patricia, is clearly doesn't have the medical degree that Will, Will Brinson has because I don't know why he's getting these two things confused. Uh, quick headline from NFL.com. Updated draft order, colon. Bingo's a lock for top pick. There's no story. I just want to say that. I swear, though, I swear over the summer – I was just doing it to troll. I was doing it primarily to troll breach, and it actually turned into a conversation where we we're talking about how the Bengals had a better pick. I think we said they had a better chance to get the top pick in the draft than make the playoffs, and breach was very offended by it. And I want to go back and find that audio because at least me and Brinson were on that side. No, we said it was the best bet out of all. We looked at the odds for it. We're like, it's a great bet. It's like eighteen to one. We're like, hammer this. This is a great. Bet. Oh, wait a second. By the way, going here's the bandwagon I'm still on. I'm going to blow it by saying it. We, we were in Fort Lauderdale, went around the table. I think I said Redskins one to fifteen. All right. Yes, you did do well there. That's, did someone bring up the Bengals at that point though? I've got the around the table bets. Don't worry, they'll all be played at the end of the season. I'll tweet them all out. Nice on Christmas Day. Uh, the Redskins are they have to they're on their they just come they're coming off their bye. I did a DC radio. <laughs> On, um, with, uh, Grant Paulson and, and Danny Royer on, uh, Monday and they opened up, they're like, so is this what it's like for you every Sunday? They're like, that was fun. That was glorious. There was no pain, no suffering, just no Redskins at all <laughs> me. Man, that was a blast. Um, it is a lot easier to watch. They had the Jets and Lions at home the next two weeks and then it's Panthers, Packers, Eagles, Giants, Cowboys. So might want to get that win in soon to, to derail Ryan, but they're, uh, they are heading towards that under. 
And um, that should be a lock to hit. Also, I think I might be tracking pretty well for that Vikings 13-3 and prediction for the table, too. How's the rookie offensive rookie of the year prediction going? How's your uh, the Bears will be good prediction going? Because they suck. Ooh. Did you say 13-3? You got dumped on! Did you say 13-3 in the preseason, Brenton? Oh, good job. Uh, Devontae could miss up to two weeks for the Falcons. That's not great. (laughs) Unless they're playing the Saints, it doesn't matter. (laughs) Uh, And Pat Shermer says they absolutely will not shut down Saquon Barkley. Good x-rays coming back. Anytime a coach is saying that, I think Pat Shermer might be trending towards a hot seat here, by the way. Uh, I have two two things for you, two questions. Um, I was on radio with Doug Christie, great hall, uh, great basketball player. The old Napier with the crazy wife? Grant Napier? Yeah, Grant, yeah, Grant Napier's the co-host, but right, Doug Christie. You were in Sacramento? A, yeah, I think they had a reality show at some point. Even No, maybe they didn't, but you're right. I know what you're saying. Yes, that's like 15 I, I, years ago. I mean crazy in the nicest way possible, but his wife is crazy. There were news reports about there something going on. Yeah, I mean, that's you're not making that up. But they asked me this. <laughs> The host, Grant Napier, asked me this. Who is more likely to get fired first, Gase or Shermer? Both get fired at the same time. Any thoughts? Um, both at the end of the season. Hmm. Welcome to Rack Rants. We got oh. the lovely, uh, lovely Miss Bomb, uh, okay? Thank you. Her, super, super wild. To, um, what was goes- that? Sound like Mari Povich. Oh, did it start playing in the background? Oh, yeah, it's like a, it is like a Mari Povich thing. Sorry, it's an autoplay video on uh, Complex.com. Anyway, uh, I won't tell you what she does, but she checks the weight of certain uh, physical items on his body to ensure that nothing has changed to make sure that he isn't sleeping around. Adam Gase or Pat Shermer? Who you got? Wait, how? How? What? Hold on. Let's, let's move on. Uh, I would say that uh, Adam Gase is fired first. My second question, maybe this will keep your interest. Keep your fingers off the keyboard, Brenton, while I ask you this. So um, the social team at CBSSports.com asked me to re-rank the top ten of the 2018 draft. Saquon went second, as we all remember. I ended up having – who would you take first if you guys have it in front of you? 2018 draft? Lamar. Yeah, that was Baker Mayfield originally. Yeah, Lamar, Lamar. is what I had. Mm. And I had Saquon drop all the way to eighth. What did they I mean, – did they do? Did you do this for a story or just for like Instagram? Just for they wanted it for Instagram, real quick. You gotta. So re- I had to. You gotta do that story right now. That will blow up. Baker you know, Mayfield drops that, out of top five and redraft of two thousand. Who is your second? Yeah, the reason pick? I didn't do the story is because Prisco does a redraft and I want to get him all fired up. But I'm You're just telling you this. What? Just let me finish this part. So I had Saquon drop an eighth, and the millions of comments. People were angry that not only had he dropped to eighth, many people thought he should go first overall. What? Where would you take Saquon? Would you? What do you mean? So number two? No. Uh, what? I would, no. Go, I would go one. Lamar. I I would still might go one Baker. I mean, I, I, like I'm, I mean, you would go still go Baker. I mean, I'm just not gonna put. We're not gonna put him with Freddie Kitchens in this trash offensive line. But he he looked good with Freddie Kitchens last year. I still believe in Baker, but I mean, look, whatever. You can still believe in him, but you would still take Lamar. Come on. Right I now. had Baker going 10. Look, I love Lamar coming out. I mean, Oh, I, you had Saquon before Baker? I wouldn't do that. I would have Baker before Saquon. You had Baker? What? What? I had Baker going 10th. Yeah. I would go 
Yes, Debo. Quentin Nelson would get very high, and he'd teabag dudes. Um, I had Quentin Nelson um, going third. So you have who at two? Your boy, Minka Fitzpatrick. Homer. Wait, wait, wait. You had not Sam Darnold or not Baker Mayfield going two and three. I mean, this Sam is- Darnold didn't make the top ten. Have you lost your mind? Have you seen Sam Darnold play? He's playing for Adam Gase. Okay. He's terrible. I mean, that's all I can go on. I, what do you want me to go on? Just go watch his okay. USC. I would, I would, I would go Baker two, I think. I would go Lamar one, Baker two, Sam Darnold three, Quentin Nelson four, uh, okay. Derwin James five. I had Derwin James four, okay. That's fine. Um, like Vander Nelson six. Who? Quentin Nelson. Oh, you, I already had him going. I had, um, I had, Va- uh, Vander Esch going ninth, Sean. Where'd you have Rashad Penny? <laughs> Just uh, outside of ten. <laughs> where'd you have Michael Dixon Wilson? He was twelfth, right here's, after Rashad Penny. Hot take: I would I would draft Nick Chubb over Saquon Barkley. That is a hot take, but That's I mean, really hot. Yeah, Scorching I had hot. Darius Leonard going fifth. Jared, I mean, like, here's a here's a list. I would Jerry Alexander going eighth. Here's a list of dudes I would draft over over Seven. over Saquon Barkley. Mm-hmm. Uh, Roquan Smith, Josh Allen, Bradley Chubb, uh, Tremaine Edmonds, Derwin James, Jerry Alexander, Leighton Vander Esch, uh, DJ Moore, Calvin Ridley. DJ Moore, you stop, stop it. He's not running back. Yeah, but he, he, he can do a lot for your team. He just doesn't need to be the centerpiece. That was the issue. That's the issue in New York. Ronald Jones. <laughs> Rojo. Darius Leonard. Darius Leonard's going over him. I had him going fifth, Darius Leonard. Where'd you have uh, James Washington going? Thirteenth. What about Harold Landry? No, you did not have James Washington going thirteenth. No, of course I only did top ten. I just, <laughs> oh, you only did top ten. Like, uh, yeah, top ten. Just so they could put it in Instagram real quick. And we should tell Debo about this topic before we started. This would have been a much. Well, I saw the Saquon name. That's, that's, that's why I mentioned it. I saw the Saquon name on the rundown. We I mentioned it an hour in town podcast. Hey. All right. Well, you mentioned Lamar. So here's 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 the question for you: Top five mm-hmm. most exciting players to watch in the NFL. By the oh, by the way, one more piece of news and notes: uh, James Conner expected back Thursday for the Steelers. That's big for them. They need that in the run game as they march to the playoffs. Suck it, all y'all who counted me out. And Stop it! Stop Steelers. it! They're gonna win the division. Okay. What's the uh, is the line still minus three? Yeah, it's my. Uh, they're plus three, minus one twenty. Right. So, um, top five, top five most exciting players in the. Should we end. stop at start at the bottom? Yes, five to one. Uh, we will start with Sean. No, we'll start with Breach and go to Sean. How about that? Breach, Ryan, Sean, Breach. I see um, so I got this memo about this when I was on an airplane, and then my Wi-Fi went out. So instead of typing it out i had to text it to myself and i couldn't even send the text so i have to get my list you got to remember five players well i i listed 20 <laughs> players and then i narrowed it down to five i don't just list five sean this is the ryan wilson halloween candy method of doing these lists. so i'm starting with number five right is that correct not my top my number, right, number five, five is not on any of your lists it you is a know. personal wait what what were we trying to list most electrifying i already forgot <laughs> Sure, electrifying work, <laughs> exciting, exhilarating. Start with breach. Okay, most exciting. Most exciting. Here we go. Most exciting. My number five 
is Ravens kicker Justin Tucker. Uh, because anytime Tucker's on the field, I think it's exciting. I think that is somebody who I want to pause the TVs, pause what I'm doing, and make sure I see his field goal attempt. Sean? I suspect we're all going to have the top four. Like, Breach, the fifth one was actually hard to come up with, so I settled on Tyreek Hill. That's a good one. You're a good person, Sean. All right, Ryan, who's your, who's your uh, fifth? I'll give you one guess. Minka? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> you got He's it, baby. playing really well lately. Is this a podcast or the Mika Fitzpatrick fan cast with Wilson here? Jeez. Can it be both? Sweet Hill Prince like Garrett Bradbury. Uh, um, my number five, Christian McCaffrey. Oh, uh, he was my consideration for my fifth. Yeah, he was my Minka slash. Do we all top forwards the the top four MVP candidates? Is that probably right? in a different they're not, order? They're not the same order though. Yeah, Breach, go ahead. Number four. I don't know. Breach came up with twenty names. He might have something way different. Um, my number four is. Yeah, we're probably all the same. Deshaun Watson. <laughs> Deshaun Watson. Chris Boswell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Solid season for Boss. Sean, who do you got? I also had Deshaun Watson. Me too. Me too. Really? Okay. Wow. Like, yes. I'm excited. We're going to have differences at the top. I now. think number three is going to be different. I do I do want to say that um, the one guy that I left off that I wish I hadn't was uh, Dalvin Cook. Like, I really yeah. like watching Dalvin Cook play, but like, it's just hard not to have a quarterback in here. And you know what's yeah. weird? So I, I did the Fantasy Football Today podcast. I do it every Monday with, uh, Azer. People can check that out on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. It's a great podcast. Um, tremendous podcast. But, uh, we, we were talking about how the wide receiver class, like this wide receiver group is, it's not been a great year for wide receivers. You know what I mean? Like, Michael Thomas is having a really good year. Like I don't feel like we have a ton of DeAndre Hopkins like spectacular. Well, because Odell hasn't been doing anything. anything. Like like usually Odell, Julio, DeAndre Hopkins would all be on these lists, but it doesn't feel like they've been exploding in the way that you would want them to. You know you know what I'm saying? And Michael Thomas, um, as well as he's playing, he's not like as electrifying when you watch him. Like he just always gets open and comes down like, with. Like, peak Julio is flirting with his list when Julio's doing like 300 yard monster moves. Um. Who do you have at number three, Reach? Uh, we're not doing this reverse snake draft order. Ryan Finley. I have Ryan Finley at number seven, but we don't ask to do five, Brenton, which is why I came up with 20 again. But I have number three. I have Lamar Jackson. I, I, I'm not going to suffer to recency bias. I saw him play the Bengals. Yeah, you know what? Sean could have gone done spin moves against the Bengals defense. Lamar Jackson is awesome. He's fun to watch. Uh, but I am not just going to say just because he ran all over the Bengals that that makes him the most electrifying player in the NFL. So I'm at number three. You know what, Breach? So do I. I have him at number three. Whoa! Whoa, whoa, what? I mean, did you well, I mean, copy my t- list? When we're I talking- bet you had Tucker at five, didn't you? And then you put Tyree <laughs> Kill in when I said it. He has, he has Tucker, too. That's the yeah, yeah. <laughs> Plot twist. <laughs> No, I mean, we're going to get to the same top three. It's really hard. You know, it's like splitting atoms between these top three. I gave credit to the guy at number two because he's been doing it for longer. And as we all saw on Monday night, he is equally electrifying. And we know who you have at one because. Jay Cutler. Number three for me is Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> oh. Well, that disgusting. I'm surprised you didn't list Mika Fitzpatrick again. <laughs> 
Still have two more names to go, Finca, John. Finka Mitzpatrick. <laughs> Do, uh, why would you? Why'd you have Mahomes at three behind? Three? He's been hurt. He hasn't been playing very well. I'm joking about the last part. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sean almost jumped through the screen. He was so. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. Go ahead. Who do you have at three? I had uh, Russell Wilson at three, which yeah, yeah, that's fine. Years, yeah. Uh, you're fine with that, but you're yelling at me about Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes at yeah. three is a little ridiculous. Oh please! All right, uh, John, number two. You know, I had to think long and hard about this one. Uh, I wanted to put a punter just to kind of feel up all of special teams, but I thought you guys would make fun of me. So I went with Patrick Mahomes. Breach. I thought we were on the same page here. I knew what page we're on, we're on, and I got page. off the page and burnt the book, Sean. I don't want any part of that. I, I have Russell Wilson. Did you just, did you just burn books on this podcast? <laughs> sort of frowned upon. Is I it? have Russell Wilson, too. So my my one thing about Russell Wilson, and I think this is why I would not – it's not that he's not exciting. It's like that his chaos is a little more controlled. I mean, like he's pulling off mag- magic tricks all the time. You almost said majestic, didn't you? No. I mean, that works. <laughs> but like like even like tonight, like when he's being assaulted by these, you know, freaking 49ers defenders rushing on it, like he, he never panics, you know, and he never he never, he never never tries to do – you don't see him do like the jump pass. It never feels like it's it's chaos. It's controlled chaos. And the the reason I don't like literally what I just said, right? Yeah, it's it's called it is. That's the joke. Uh, um, uh, what I was gonna say, why I didn't, why I almost put Wilson at three, is nothing to do with him, but it's just because of the offense that he's in and like watching a Seahawks until they're down in the fourth quarter. You don't get to see full Russell Wilson unleashed until then. But I still had him at two because I didn't want to blame him for that. Yeah, you can almost put Wilson at four because of that. Okay. Is he still your favorite for MVP though? Yeah. I mean, it's not most exciting. Like, it's not most. It's not Met most exciting player award. It's MVP. John is looking for most exhilarating player. He's surpassed <laughs> exciting. Uh, my number two is uh, Patrick Mahomes. Ooh. It's Mahomes. All right. Well, me and me and Brinson win. You two guys lose. Yeah. Why so, is that? Know. I don't understand. What was the grading system? My number one is – I hope he names a kicker. <laughs> See, there's drama here because I might name a kicker. My number one – I thought about putting another quarterback. I feel like I had a lot of quarterbacks on this list. You you don't have Russell Wilson at one? You Have you named Russell Wilson yet? I have Russell Wilson at one. Oh. <laughs> Sean, you were about to just throw your headset against I was that. excited. Leonard Fournette. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Fix AJ Green. Here's the thing I'll say about Russell Wilson is he is a one man show there. I think if you put Lamar Jackson in Seattle, I don't think he would be having the success that Russell Wilson is having. Ooh, that doesn't mean he's any less electrifying. Uh, I think that Mahomes probably could have close to that kind of success, but he just has so many more weapons in Kansas City. So I just, I just I, watching Russell Wilson, it's like the only way the Seahawks are going to win is if he does crazy stuff, and he does crazy stuff every week, and I, I think he's the most exciting player in the NFL to watch. John, do you know that if um, Lamar played in Seattle, Brian Schottenheimer would immediately be inducted to the Hall of Fame as much as he runs the ball? It would be a perfect fit for him. I think Patrick Mahomes would be killed. Lamar would be dead. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes would certainly be dead. Um. My number one, 
of course. It's Sean Stern. It's Sean Stern. Cousins. Let's <laughs> <laughs> so end the podcast there. No explanation. Um, I have Mahomes, obviously. This is we don't need to get into it deep, but I will say is that uh, Lamar's run on Sunday obviously like took all the attention as the best play. I'm not saying Mahomes' play was better; it wasn't, but um, it was kind of crazy that Mahomes comes back and he does this like weird jump pass over the middle 20 yards downfield to Hardman um, just as Hardman's coming out of his break, and it looked like he was like a shortstop turning a double play, and it was like that guy dislocated his kneecap a month ago. And he started doing this. So the name of the segment is Most Exciting Player. If you think anyone other than Lamar Jackson is the most exciting player, you are wrong. You're an idiot and then moron. <laughs> I didn't want to call you an idiot, Sean, but you're an idiot. I, I do love my favorite thing about anytime Sean starts with Mahomes is like he has his like debate voice. He's like, I don't want to get into a thing. But you yeah, wait, wait, but, you fix your bow tie first. <laughs> but you know. <laughs> Uh, uh, what, uh, what are you? Mine's Lamar Jackson too. I, I, very close to him and Mahomes. Mahomes is incredible. Mahomes is thrilling to watch. Lamar is just a different, the, the Ravens are fascinating right now. Um, mm-hmm. what, uh, what, Debo has a good point. What, who could creep onto this list? I mentioned out there, Dalvin Cook. I think a full season of Dalvin Cook gets him close there. Um, Alvin Kamara would make my, uh, my near list there. We talked about some wide receivers he hasn't too. played in a while though. Sean, Breach, who else is on your, um, you played this week. Who else is on your, uh, your list of 20 people that you thought about tossing in? Uh, not Adam Vinatieri, but also I think Actually, that is very exciting to watch. <laughs> but if, if you're not a Colts fan, um, Michael Thomas, I, I like seeing him on the field. Uh, he always puts up big <laughs> numbers, makes insane catches. He's a football player. <laughs> Wait, did somebody, say, somebody already say Michael Thomas? No, you said you like seeing him on the field, which is <laughs> oh yeah, Michael Thomas. On That's why they pay you the big bucks. What's your favorite thing about Michael Thomas? <laughs> I like to see him on the field. <laughs> well, kicker, real quick about Michael Thomas, uh, he's averaging this year 114 receiving yards per game. His career average, including this year, is 86. He is playing out of his mind. And he did that with Teddy Bridgewater too for a big stretch. You actually saw like a bump in targets when Teddy took over. It's crazy. Teddy likes seeing him on the field. <laughs> TJ Watt's exciting. Yeah, I was going to say Aaron Donald. Um, if you just watch the interior of the defensive line, um, edge rushers, like Max not having a good year, but last year I had more fun watching Mac than I had watching a player. And the quarterback I almost uh, put in was Dak Prescott. Real quickly. Um, yeah, Dak, so, was, I was thinking about him. Dak, Dak would be Dak's right there. Dak is just lower on the MVP list than he should be. Like he's Amari is actually – Quietly amazing. Yeah. Um, so on uh, Mac, um, did the Bears lose that trade? What was you it again? Know. Two first round picks? I think you got to give it another year or two because they yeah. won it last year. Like you would have definitely said they were ahead after last year. Now it's a little bit closer. So next year will be the tiebreaker. The Bears um, are the Bears are sin- the Bears are getting the Raiders' first round pick this year. Or the Bears are sending their first round pick. They're getting the second round pick. Getting the second round pick and giving their third round pick, which is going to be close to the second round pick. Um, and Mac, I looked this up on Sports Info Solutions. Um, for, I was having a discussion about it. I wasn't saving it for the podcast, but like Khalil Mack, since Akeem Hicks went down, has eight pressures. Yeah. He's been the most invisible. That's, I mean, that's why I didn't put him on my list. Um, cause yeah. last year, 
Last year, he was like the guy that you could just watch when the There's Bears one, were on defense. One sack since Hakeem Hicks went down. Yeah, he's. I mean, and there was. I don't. We didn't talk about it. He had this whole thing in the middle of the season where he wasn't even talking to reporters too. He was doing that like I'm bailing after the game, not even talking to people. It's almost like the Bears' defense is regressed. This is the dumbest thing. You can hit me with Mahomes, yes. but like I, I I've written that. on the website about this. I've I've literally written an article about why the Bears will regress and why they needed their offense to take a step forward. I'm Sean, not... maybe Sean, maybe your writing's regressed. Ooh, Ooh. too far. <laughs> well, at least I don't have to do a bunch of writing as soon as we hang up. So, uh, don't make fun of me. Uh, you, guys, you guys want a fun fact? Yeah. You need to put it in your back pocket for next year for the Seahawks. Fun fact: the Seahawks have won nine straight games the week before their bye. That is a fun fact. I I bet on the Seahawks on the money line tonight. Brenton, will you send me some of that money, please? Or, or yeah. buy me some cheese? Ooh, I want some cheese. Cheese is good. It's going to take a long time uh, to send it What are your, all right, let's start five to one. What are your most five exciting cheeses? <laughs> well, that's different from like what I eat all the time versus, you know, excitement. Right, what are your top five cheeses? Number five is American because you put on hamburger. You can put a lot of cheeses on hamburgers. Right. And also that would make it a cheeseburger. I go, oh boy. I think cheddar at five, just very reliable. Um, I would rather have that over American. Four, doing this on the fly. Ugh. Feta, I like feta in my salads. Yes. Um, three, <laughs> um, goat cheese uh, number three, cause it's the goat. Three, is that number the, one? Three, I would put feta. Um, as long as it's like good feta, not that like stuff in the can at cheap pizza places. Two, oh no, sorry. Three, I'll go mozzarella. Um, I love the tomato mozzarella salads. Two, I'll go feta. One, I'll go goat. Goat is the goat. Strong list. That's a good list. Um, Ooh, feta, I, feta, I pepper jack in there. Tough one. Feta is, feta is criminally underrated. Feta is terrible. It's great in salads. Oh, you know what? Feta is great too in an omelet. Yes. Yes. Spinach, spinach, egg white. Also, goat is also good in omelets too. Yeah, yeah, goat's good in everything. Goat's nice and creamy. Uh, I would uh, brie. I gotta have brie in there. Gouda. I need a gouda. Um, if I was building up my top five for like purposes of like, not like how for purposes of losing podcast subscribers. Go ahead. No, but I'm just saying like how. (laughs) Like I'm assuming I want to have like five cheeses for the rest of my life. It'd be like feta, brie, gouda. Uh, and then I would, you'd have to go cheddar for just the, you know. How much what, cheese what, are you guys eating every what, day? What, what about I have, I have like, I have all, cheese I have, on stuff? I, I have all five of those cheeses I named in my fridge right now. Yeah, and then I think you have to have mozzarella too for, cause yeah, like, you need, no, no, I'm just saying like, like I'm not saying, I don't, like for me, mozzarella is not a top five cheese, like in terms of how I want to consume it, but it is definitely like a top five cheese that I need. Well, let me ask you this, Brinson. What kind of beers do you like to pair those cheeses with? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Well, so, you should ask. You just sounded like the PBR or the NPR Saturday Night Live, uh, sweaty. This is my Pete sweaty. What would you like to pair your cheeses with, Brenton? What beers? Pea balls? Why are we still recording? What are we uh, doing? Right, let's get out of here. Um, Pepperjack got snubbed, though, by both of us. So did Parmesan. I was having Breach would be, uh. I said Parmesan. I was having. I was having I was saying Breach would say, uh, 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 number one, three cheese. <laughs> <laughs>
Look at Ryan wants to kill himself and, and Diva's all tricks. <laughs> all right, let's get out of here. Uh, we'll be back, uh, tomorrow. The Brady Quinn Football Show. In the meantime, subscribe, rate, and review. Thanks for listening. See ya. NTV's official Challenge Podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts.